Luke chapter 3, verses 2 to 22. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. So John went throughout the whole territory of the river Jordan, preaching. Turn away from your sins and be baptized, and God will forgive your sins, as it is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah. Someone is shouting in the desert, Get the road ready for the Lord. Make a straight path for him to travel. Every valley must be filled up, every hill and mountain leveled off. The winding roads must be made straight, and the rough paths made smooth. All mankind will see God's salvation. Crowds of people came out to John to be baptized by him. He said to them, You snakes, who told you you could escape from the punishment God is about to send? Do these things that will show that you have turned from your sins, and don't start saying amongst yourselves that Abraham is your ancestor. I tell you that God can take these stones and make descendants for Abraham. The axe is ready to cut down the trees at the roots. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. The people asked him, What are we to do then? Whoever has two shirts must give one to the one who has none, and whoever has food must share it. Some tax collectors came to be baptised, and they asked him, Teacher, what are we to do? Don't collect more than is legal. Some soldiers also asked him, What about us? What are we to do? Don't take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely. Be content with your pay. People's hopes began to rise, and they began to wonder whether John perhaps might be the Messiah. So John said to all of them, I baptise you with water, but someone is coming who is much greater than I am. I am not good enough even to untie his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He has his winnowing shovel with him to thresh out all the grain and gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn the chaff in a fire that never goes out. In many different ways, John preached the good news to the people and urged them to change their ways. But John reprimanded Herod, the governor, because he had married Herodias, his brother's wife, and had done many other evil things. Then Herod did an even worse thing by putting John in prison. After all the people had been baptized, Jesus was also baptized. While he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit came down upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my own dear son. I am pleased with you. So in Fireworks, our Sunday club, uh, when we look at scripture, uh, we don't take anything for granted. And uh, we always try to find cross-references where we can. uh, to, to, to try and build up a picture of, of the text that we're studying. Uh, and, and where that's not always clear or not always possible, then I, I've got good help from the young people who've got lots of uh, ideas, who've got lots of uh, opinions about different things when it's not always clear. And we get to build up a picture together as we share the scripture, when it's not always 100% clear. And so here, with the story of Jesus' baptism, we have 
all three members of the Trinity, all tangibly evident. We have Jesus, the Son of God, being baptised. We have God the Father and his proclamation that Jesus, with Jesus, he is well pleased. And we have the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. But why a dove? Got me pondering, why a dove? Why not a pigeon? After all, they're very similar. They make the same sort of sound, same sort of build to someone who's not really into bird watching or anything. I mean, it's dove, white, pigeon, great. So it seems to me that's the only real difference. So I'm wondering here and struggling with why, and I'm looking back through the Old Testament maybe for some reference to why it might be a dove. Couldn't find a thing, so I turned to my trusted friend and pastor, Tim, to see if there was any significant reason why we think God may have chosen the Holy Spirit to take the form of a dove. And Tim's response was, and I quote, No one seems quite sure why the Holy Spirit took the form of a dove. Clearly, a pigeon lacks anywhere near the same kind of appeal. (laughs) Which got me thinking further still. My understanding of the Bible... A golden eagle would be much more representative, perhaps, of the Holy Spirit's power. Or wouldn't a multicoloured plumage of a peacock better resemble the multifaceted ministry of the Holy Spirit? So why a dove? And if I was in fireworks or even lighthouse, you know, when we were together a year or so ago, I'd be asking them that very question. And I'm sure they'd have lots of ideas. If you were God and you had to send the Holy Spirit to earth in the form of a bird, what bird would you be? It's a good one to get them thinking. It's a good, what we call maybe an icebreaker. Um, Why not a humble old pigeon? I mean, you know, Jesus was born in a humble stable, or an eagle, or a peacock. Indeed, any bird. Why a dove? And in a minute, I'm going to show you a clip which features a different bird. And for the young people who are in on this service, I'm going to ask you a question at the end of it. It's just over a minute long, and I want to know... Uh, that the presenter uh, describes the bird's flight. Okay, and just as a clue, it just comes just after Prince Philip. All right, all right, so big deal, I can't fly. But will you check out these wings, honey? Mm. <laughs> Hello, 
this is great. Oh, boy, look how high I'm flying. <laughs> well, that's enough for today. I don't want to push it. Let me see. Maybe I can find a good takeoff point up here. Oh, not the water. Oh, oh, oh. Look out! Oh, let's go. Now let's mull this over. No, no, I'm pretty sure it would be a good idea not to take a chance on this. I think I'll just stay down here and do my Prince Philip imitation. <laughs> Once they do get up into the air, they fly with a majesty unequaled but by only a few feathered creatures. They utilize their seven-foot wingspan to soar regally in awe-inspiring flight, sometimes for distances of thousands of miles. And there's a good reason why they stay up in the air for such long distances. They're absolutely terrified of coming down. Tower to Goonies, cleared for landing. Whilst majestic in flight, its landing is not so regal. Uh, uh, so I'm sorry for perhaps disturbing everyone's uh, beautiful, tranquil picture of a dove uh, floating down from the sky and coming to rest on Jesus' head, as we sometimes see in the Good News Bible, the lovely picture of, uh, of the dove on, on Jesus' head. Uh, some of you more versed in ornithological identification of birds uh, may know uh, better than me that, that different flight paths, you can identify birds from different flight paths, and you might uh, be troubled or even take objection uh, with my description of a dove floating, um, uh, you know, floating down. In fact, in my mind's eye, uh, I've uh, watched birds, you know, uh, or doves, you know, more sort of swooping down, um, gliding into place, hovering, um, hovering and landing gently uh, into their position. Um, don't forget, we, we are talking about a dove, because it was a dove, but it was actually the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit. And over the last week as I've been preparing this talk, uh, I've been watching doves. Uh, uh, no, sorry, pigeons, uh, you know, and watching their, their movement. I know it sounds very sad, and I did actually spot probably what was a white pigeon. I mean, was it a dove or was it a pigeon? Who knows? Um, but, you know, I watched them, and, uh, you know, they do. They're, they're sort, of, sort of gliding around, and then they sort of they do this thing with their wings just before they land, which gives the, the you know, which sort of slows them down in midair, which gives the, uh, the sensation that they're like hovering just before, just before they land. Um, it wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea to have a bird land on your head. In fact, I knew someone who had a real phobia with like anything sort of buzzing around its head or, or you know, maybe a bird sort of landing on your head. Uh, and in fact, I could have shown you a clip uh, as well uh, about a little girl. There's a little girl in America somewhere 
uh, and the mother's or the auntie or, or some relative is uh, put the seeds in her hand, and I think it's parrots there, and she's go on, hold the, hold the seeds out, come and take it from your hand. Bird flies down, lands in the, on the child's head. The child immediately screams, and the more it screams and takes it, there's a real panic going on. So the thought of maybe having a bird coming and landing on your head is not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, So in considering just why the Holy Spirit took the form of a dove, perhaps we've hit upon a reason this morning when we consider its movement through the air towards its target. How content are, are we to allow the Holy Spirit to move upon us? Scripture tells us that Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove. So do we have experience ourselves of God, the Holy Spirit, settling upon us, perhaps swooping down, gliding around us, hovering overhead to eventually find its resting place here within. And in my humble view, as was prayed earlier, if ever there was a time at Brighton Road where we need the Holy Spirit to hover over us, it's this week as we uh, consider uh, a new appointment. So um, thanks very much. I think that's it. did have a seagull steal my sandwich once. That wasn't a pleasant experience. The dove is a much gentler, purer uh, kind of bird. So we thought about the Father in Jesus. We thought about uh, Jesus in Jesus' baptism. We thought about the Holy Spirit in Jesus' baptism. What about the Father? What's his role? For many people, God is the absent father figure. They've never really known him, and God is nothing more than a stranger to them. And just like um, the absence of a father figure in life can affect us, not knowing the love of God can affect us negatively as well. It can leave people struggling with a deep-seated sense of insecurity. Do I matter? Does anybody care? Is my life worth anything at all? Does anybody know or understand or love me? And sometimes those fears and anxieties can make us resentful of other people, of their perceived happiness. It can be difficult for us to form relationships with others. Everybody longs for emotional intimacy, but it's difficult uh, to be able to trust anyone enough to be vulnerable with them. Uh, like a dove, is perhaps a more vulnerable type of bird. And so some people end up settling for physical promiscuity rather than uh, intimacy, using others and being used themselves. And that breaks God's heart. God's message to you, as it is to Amy, is the same as his message to Jesus. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. I'm delighted with you and I love you with all my heart. And though it might seem a long way away, God never stops loving you. 
But in our anger and our fear, we we sometimes fight him and and push him away. We don't want him to get close. And so God's Holy Spirit, fluttering like a dove above our heads, can't get anywhere near us because we're fighting him off. But that's why the Father sent Jesus to come alongside us to say, look, he really does love you. You don't need to be scared of him. I know you're angry, I know you're screwed up, I know things are a mess. But Jesus came to take all that emotional rubbish away. And he says, trust me. Let me bring you to your heavenly Father and introduce you. So you can find out who you really are. You can find out how he really feels about you. You want to hear God telling you how much he loves you, how precious and important to him you really are? Well, Jesus is the one who can change your mind about God. He's the one who can bring you to that place where you're ready to meet God. Accept his love into your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to get close to you and rest on you and make you still. And maybe he's been speaking to you about that for a while, but you've just been fighting it or running away or too busy to listen or not wanting to hear. But maybe the start of 2019 is the time to stop fighting, to stop running away, to give in and let Jesus take your hand and bring you to the Father. So I'm going to read a prayer. I'm going to read it twice. I'm going to read it so you know what I'm going to say. And then I'm going to say, if you want that prayer to be personal to you at the start of this year, maybe to to give your life to God for the first time, or maybe to come back after a long time away, just, just to stand and say, this prayer is mine. Whether you've been in church for years, or this is the first time in years, just to stand and say, this prayer is mine. I'm owning it. Uh, in my heart. Don't bother about anybody else. This is between you and God. So I'll read the prayer and invite, if you want to make the prayer your own, to stand and then I'll say it again. The prayer is this. Heavenly Father, I want to know you personally. Thank you for sending your son to me to share your love for me. Thank you that he died on the cross to take all the anger, sin and guilt and fear out of my life. I'm sorry for all the wrong things I've said and done. I want to open my heart to your love and for the Holy Spirit to enter my heart like a gentle dove. I want to know that I'm your beloved child and that you are delighted with me. I want to be part of your family. Show me how to live my life as one as your beloved children. Amen. That's the prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. You're not aware what anybody around is doing. If you want to pray that prayer for the first time or again, just own it for yourself at the start of this year by standing as I pray again. Heavenly Father, I want, you to, I want to know you personally. Thank you for sending your love to me. 
for sharing your love with me. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross to take all the anger, sin, guilt and fear out of my life. I'm sorry for all the wrong things I've said and done. I want to open my heart to your love. To allow the Holy Spirit to enter my, to enter my heart like a gentle dove. I want to know that I am your beloved child and that you are delighted with me. I want to be part of your family. Show me how to live my life as one of your beloved children. Amen. And if you're standing, can I invite you to be seated? Whether you stood or not, one of three things you can do. You can go and find the prayer team in the chapel and they will pray with you and for you. I've got, and there are available outside, booklets knowing God personally. If you weren't quite sure but you want to know know more, take a booklet, read it. There is a similar prayer you can pray in that. Or we are running a next steps course similar to the baptism course that Gina mentioned on Tuesday night starting the 5th of January. No commitment. Come and find out what it means to be a Christian, what it means to get baptised, what it means to join the church. Three options. Prayer team in the chapel. Knowing God personally. Next steps. What's God calling you to do today?